0: This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of the 94% of congregations in America, under 500 members. Now, here are two gentlemen that lead in a 200 church and strive to provide information that will make you smile, think, and be challenged. Oh, and they're all around nice guys, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Katie, and I am here with... Johnny Craig. And we want to talk to you today about a recent event that we went to, and that was called the... Chick- Chick fillet leader chick-fil-a leader cast fillet leader, leader cast i remember when the maximum impact simulcast changed over to the chick-fil-a leader cast and i remember telling one of the leaders of john maxwell's company at the time i said you know this sounds like the most idiotic name for any kind of personal development leadership development event but in a few years it's just going to sound normal well it's
1: been a few years does it sound normal it sounds normal, but the only thing that makes me want to do is eat Chick Fil A. I don't know about. Well, <laughs> I don't yeah. know about getting leadership advice. I just want a
0: chicken sandwich. I mean, the closest Chick Fil A to us is, is like fifty minutes away. Yes. So, did we get Chick Fil A at the Chick Fil A leader Cash? No, we did not. No, we didn't. Which sadly. is strange. It sadly. should be catered
1: in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That so, was sad. Johnny, when you got here, we talked a little bit about leadership development. We talked about events, conferences, you know, one day things. You know, as a young guy, what did you think about? that?
1: Uh, If you want my honest answer, I I was not into that. I thought that type of stuff was a little bit Silly, right? What What could you possibly learn in one day? What's the point of spending all this money to listen to some rich guys tell you how they got rich? Like it didn't make much sense to me at all. As they got
0: richer from your money, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this forced me to think because honestly, I just been doing it because we always did it. You know, you sure. just, That's what you do. You go to leadership events, and when I really boiled it right down, what it really comes down to is taking thoughts that were not previously in your head and putting them in your head for consideration.
1: Right. And and I think that that's that's what happened and you actually you gave me a series of john maxwell lessons on cd and, and then i was driving to a wedding about four hours away and you gave these to me and i made fun of you when you handed them to me even uh, but i listened to them, and that's exactly what happened things that i had been thinking about things that i hadn't been thinking about connections were getting made i could feel it was like brain exercise in a way i could feel those connections and when when you know whenever you learn about new leadership strategies you know we went to this event and we're gonna we're gonna talk through some of the things we learned you hear about those things, it connects you with stories in your own ministry, right? It connects you with mm-hmm. stories of things you've experienced already, and it does help. It just helps to kind of ingrain those lessons and make you a better leader, almost by osmosis. I don't know. It's a weird It's a weird thing.
0: And the crazy thing is for centuries upon centuries, humanity could not avail themselves of this thing called a leadership lesson. You know, now we have it on MP3. I used to listen to it on cassette. I never listened to it on 8-track. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wonder if they ever made it on a but, but, but no, I
0: don't, I don't know if they did, but I know that they made them on 33 long play records. Really? Yes. In fact, uh, the guy from uh, Liberty University, Falwell. Jerry Falwell, terrible, I couldn't remember his name, <laughs> he used to put full-length messages on yes. these records.
1: I have a Jerry Falwell record you with have a one message. Now. I have one right now okay. in my house.
0: You are a freak.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: let's sell it on eBay and raise money for 200 churches.
1: We'll see what we can get out of of it, yeah. Okay, well, let's sure.
0: talk about the Chick-fil-A leader cast. There, there were, what, like eight, seven, eight, or nine speakers in that, but the very first one that came on was a guy who just hits a home run every single year, mm-hmm. no matter what conference he's at, and that's Andy Stanley, and he talked about boiling leadership down to three items, and he read the three items right at the front end of the talk, and when he reads them, you're thinking in your head, you're, you're like nonplussed. I mean, you're like not very excited about what he's saying.
1: You don't really understand where he's going at all. No you're just thinking that's wow okay how much no, so, how much
0: time did you spend preparing this so he says what are we doing why are we doing it and where do I fit in? He said, those are the three questions that you have to ask as a leader. What are we doing in our organization? Why are we doing it? And then everybody has to ask themselves, where do I fit in?
1: Yeah. And you know, the, the whole theme of the conference was simply lead. And I thought Andy did the best job of getting to the heart of what it is to simply lead with these three questions. What are we doing, right? That's the first question that we have to have to ask in our organization. In our case, right, it would be in our 200 church. What are we doing doing and that, you know, Andy is a pastor and he talked a little bit about, well, what what we're doing is creating a church that unchurched people love to attend. He put that out right at the front mm-hmm. end of things. In our own 200 churches, we have to answer that question. What are we doing really? Are we just meeting together a couple days a week or, you know, do we have a mission that we're really moving toward?
0: And in, in any venture or organization, whenever you begin to move and stray off the fundamentals, that's when you're really in trouble. And this is like a fundamental question. What are we doing here? Yeah. You Absolutely. know, we're in this building, we call it, you know, erroneously a church, but, but we're in this building, we come here most every day of the week. And you got to ask yourself the question in the midst of all your hubbub and activity and stuff: What are we
1: doing? Right? You know, what are we trying to accomplish? Boil it down, and then the second thing is: Why are we doing it? And now, hopefully, as a church, we have we have a good answer to this. Yeah, question. because we've always done it that way. That's true. That's yeah. No, that, that, that is happen. the answer. That does happen. Unfortunately, because that's how it's
0: been. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. for too much stuff. That's the so answer. so we
1: got to figure out why we're doing what we're doing. And then this is the third part, where do I fit in, right? And this is a question we as leaders ask, right? Where do I fit in as the associate pastor here? Where do you fit in? That's a question you have to, I don't ask that about you. Um, But this is also a question we encourage our people to ask, for themselves and to help walk them through it, to help them find a place in the church where they fit in. Where do I fit in? Those are the three basic questions of
0: leadership. And one of the things that Maxwell usually asks, John Maxwell, on this last one, where do I fit in, is where do I bring the most return to the company? Or where do I bring the most reward for the company or the organization, or in our case, the church? What strength of mine contributes most to the church. And so that's one of his questions. The second speaker was David Allen. He's the getting things done guy, the GTD guy. And he talked about about perspective and control. So Johnny, why don't you talk about that just a little bit?
1: I thought this was the most interesting thing he talked about. And I'm not trying to shout out David Allen, but I felt like his talk was a little bit Kind of low. I mean, he came right after Andy Stanley. Yeah, which is and he's hard. a little cerebral. Yes. I mean, after all, he is the getting things done guy. That's true. He's not the present <laughs> an exciting talk guy, right? Do you remember if anybody out there saw the Chick Fil A Leadercast? This is the guy who had the 1970s remote control. Oh my! <laughs> he was it. They had two buttons
0: <laughs> on it. One was green, and one was red. Yep. They were both like one square inch in
1: size. Yes.
0: Yeah, and then it didn't work. It didn't <laughs> no, work. It didn't. The slides were not advanced. didn't work. Properly.
1: So, anyway, that's, that's who we're talking about, David Helen. But he had some great content about perspective and control, okay? And so, perspective would be the ability of a person to look at the big picture of an organization, right? To see where the organization is going, right? To understand kind of the ins and outs of that organization and, and kind of how it ticks and how it works. That's perspective, the bird's eye view. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. And then control would be our ability to steer. The organization, right? Our ability to direct where we're going to go, right? The, the the direction of the company. And he was saying a leader needs to have high perspective and high control. And so, uh, Jeff, what does he say about a person who maybe doesn't have high perspective and high control? Well, somebody who doesn't
0: have either, neither high perspective nor high control, then he really called that person the victim. He just said, you know, they they don't they don't have any control of what's going on. They don't have any perspective. They don't really know which direction they should go in. Hopefully, there aren't too many 200 church pastors that are low-perspective, low-control people. Yeah,
1: you're just getting buffed around by the waves at that point. I mean, things are happening to you. You have no ability to get out in front of things to to see the direction that you're going or to direct in that way. It's like being stuck in a life raft in a hurricane, really. And, and so, the, the high
0: perspective is being able to see what needs to be done. Yep, You see all the pieces on the board. The control is being able to move those pieces around Yeah. And to to know in which order. You know, chess would be a really great picture of that because first you're going to do this, then you're going to do that. And so you have to have the control as well as the perspective. And it's really the difference between a macro manager and a micro manager. So like us, Johnny, you and I, we're, we're good at the perspective, but we're not as good at the control. Right. So we're not as good at, with the details. So what what do we do if we're a leader in a church and we're not really good with the details, we're not a micro manager, then, then what do we do with all the good ideas? Is that we have.
1: I think that the key for people like us, for people like that, is to surround themselves. And really, the key for somebody who's on the flip side, high control, low perspective, surround yourself with people, with other leaders who compliment you in those ways. So, we were talking, um, our children's director, right, at our church, she is very high control. I'd say she's probably high control and perspective, but she's filling in the control part that maybe you and I Definitely lack. Definitely high bit. control. Yeah. Yep. And so when we can bring her into a meeting, all of a sudden we're moving from just ideas bouncing off the wall to like some concrete steps, like how can we now move this thing forward, right? Where How how can we direct and steer um, our organization? And also um, our director of music, she is also higher control, I mm-hmm. think, than either of us. And so it's really good when all of us get together, I can tell the meetings are a lot different than when it's just me and you. Although I love, <laughs> I love the idea of yeah. making that yeah.
0: happens when it's just me and you. But well, we need David Allen, you know, getting things done. <laughs> Right? right. Well, you know, if you're out there in a smaller church, you don't have a lot of. You feel like you don't have a lot of people surrounding you. Honestly, you just need one other person that complements your weaknesses. It's true.
1: This can be an elder. This could be a friend. I mean, this doesn't have to be paid staff. Just somebody out there who can help to bring balance to your team. Another speaker, the guy who who surprised me because this guy is
0: is a class act. He's not. He doesn't always give a sterling presentation in terms of personality because he's a little bit of a deadpan type of a personality. But Henry Cloud, he hit a grand slam.
1: Yeah, I was surprised when you said that you've heard him present not as well as that because that was the first time I'd ever even heard of Henry Cloud, and I thought it was fantastic.
0: Well, he's written some books with John Townsend, and Henry Cloud, he's always got off-the-charts content. But he's just, you know, you've you've just got to want the content sure. because he's not going to wow you with all kinds of theatrics. right? So Henry Cloud talked about pruning. He talked a lot about pruning. Yes. And he talked about leaders having to prune in order to get a lot of growth. And sometimes when we're not willing to prune, you're not going to get as much fruit off the tree in the fall. Absolutely. And so you have to prune. And it reminded me of something that leaders sometimes talk about is when the horse is dead, dismount. (laughs) Instead of of kicking your spurs into its side and trying to get it to go. When it's actually dead and laying on the ground, it's really time to dismount. And I think every leader in the room was probably thinking about either programs in their church or practices in their business or products in their business that maybe they just needed to prune or personnel in their business that they needed to prune in order for there to be new and better growth.
1: Another thing that he talked about was not just the dead horse, but he talked about pruning things that are doing well but maybe they're not the things that are really moving your purpose and your mission forward and I, everything I heard I heard through the ministry context so I immediately thought so what if we have a, a ministry that seems to work but it's not really fitting in with our overall mission or vision as right. a church are we willing to prune those things and then Jack Welsh came on later and basically said the same thing he said when he took over GE yes. they cut a large percent of their business of their products yeah they just cut them right off and he said uh, most of those companies ended up getting bought by somebody else they loved their jobs better because suddenly they were like wanted in the company that was their passion and it helped them flourish and ge's profit went through the roof and so he and uh, henry cloud both talked about that being willing to prune something that seems like it's alive but you're going to get a better result when you're willing to cut it anyway. Well,
0: it's like having apple trees in your backyard, but nobody in the family really likes apples. <laughs> right. You know, So get rid of the apple trees and put in pear trees or some other kind of trees where we live. I think you could only have, like, apple or pear. <laughs> Those are right? probably the two options here in Iowa. I mean, yeah. there's no citrus, <laughs> no. no pineapple trees, none of that's going to happen. So Henry Cloud, really, he talked about pruning. And, you know, in our 200 churches, again, it's that not-to-do list. Right. You know, it's the stuff. You make a list. These are the things I shouldn't do. I shouldn't waste my time in on these types of things. Exactly.
1: And the second thing that Henry Cloud talked about, and, again, his presentation was so good, and this really struck a note with me as a church leader was he talked about the brain basically running on three things. He said it runs on oxygen, it runs on sugar, and it runs on relationships. And then they talked about this study they did with monkeys where they put these monkeys in a cage. He made a joke about they can't do this anymore because of PETA. Yeah, he didn't want any emails about this. (laughs) That's right. This is not recent and he didn't do it. Uh, But they put monkeys in a cage and then basically freak them out as much as possible. Light, sound, you know, the whole deal. And then they took blood from their brain brains and checked the chemicals and all these stress chemicals were like through the roof right yep they stuck he, and he described it as a monk the monkey's buddy right so another monkey in the cage and they did the same thing right ran the same crazy sounds and the lights and everything they drew the blood again and the stress chemicals had been cut in half just so,
0: because he had a, a buddy monkey In there
1: with us. Yeah, exactly. Relationships help us just process life and process stress and process everything that much better. And so, as 200 church pastors, this really got me thinking are we helping others in our church cultivate relationships? Are there people in our church who are. And we had a, we had a Jan Skyderman on the podcast once, and he talked about people who need, need a lifeboat sent out to them. right? Do we have people in our church right. who don't have relationships? How do we connect people? And then how is our own relational life? Do we have relationships? Are we cultivating relationships? Because if you get stressed out as a minister, I mean, you're, you're the monkey in the cage, truly. And unless you have somebody to help your stress come down, you're just going to be in full-on berserk mode. Can I be an ape? Sure. Yeah, I don't really want to be a monkey. <laughs> you're my monkey buddy, though, Joe. Okay, I'm your ape buddy.
0: (laughs) You're my ape buddy. I'm the monkey, you're the ape. Okay, one of the other speakers, the legendary leadership guru John Maxwell yes he talked about what did he talk about what did John talk about what didn't John talk about he talked about a little bit of everything told some of his favorite stories one of the things he said I laughed so hard the first time I heard it and this was probably the 28th time I heard it (laughs) but he said he said you know what he's not a clown he's a leader right because a lot of leaders and especially younger leaders they actually act like clowns because they want to entertain people and not influence them they I, want to make them laugh but not make them think
1: I think I felt a little convicted when uh, John was talking about that
0: oh, oh I did I mean when I was 20 20 years ago I was yeah. all about entertainment yeah it's just part of the personality but to be a leader not a clown you got to realize you can't make everybody happy and it's more important that we influence people and cause people to think better yet cause people to better themselves right to make good decisions to think new thoughts that help them to change and to grow rather than to entertain them.
1: So what this made us think about is who can we influence right now in our 200 church, right? Um, we often think we're responsible for the full congregation and in some ways we are but this influence that John Maxwell talked about I think is more of a one-on-one or small group type of influence remember Jesus had 12 disciples right that was his sphere of influence even when he's speaking to 5,000 people he's still going later and telling the 12 what he meant what Mm -hmm. he said Um, so who can we influence right now Uh, and then who are we trying to keep happy right now that doesn't need to be kept happy and how can we break that happiness line to those people and just start to make it real with them and really start to influence them as a leader instead of trying to be a clown for them. And somebody once said
0: that you can impress people from a distance, but you can only influence them up close. And one of the things I like that John has always said is he said that success is when those closest to you love and respect you the most. And so that's really talking about influence. And influence is going to drive down the road called relationships, you know, the monkey deal again. So we got to have relationships. So with this podcast, we... Again, we talked about the Chick-fil-A LeaderCast. There's something else that's coming up down in Atlanta, Georgia, and I think it's also there are some one-day catalyst events, and that's the Catalyst Conference. There's there's one-day catalyst events, I think, on the East and West Coast, and then there's a Catalyst Conference in the fall down in Atlanta, Georgia. These are some really great things that if you've never taken advantage of these before, you really should take advantage of. Another one is the Leadership Summit that's uh, held by Willow Creek Community Church, and that is simulcast all throughout the country. That's like the first First or second week of August, and then there's always leadership resources, MP3s. You could get CDs, all kinds of different leadership clubs and podcasts. Like I don't know, two hundred churches. There's podcasts. I mean, there's there's Andy Stanley's <laughs> leadership podcast as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. All of these things simply make you think thoughts. You never would have thunk. And that's the important thing. You want to put new thoughts in your head. You want to think new things because you want to take your leadership and the people that you lead somewhere different than they are today.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the 200 Churches podcast.
0: you for listening to this episode of the 200 churches podcast feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com and remember the leadership that you provide in your 200 church matters big in the kingdom of god